I'm preaching before the Bible readings tonight. Things have changed since I've gone away. But now I'm giving a bit of an introduction uh, to our sermon series before we look at our Bible readings. So, uh, and what we're doing this term is we're getting into the Old Testament. So, uh, this is always my favourite time in the year. I love every sermon series we have at church, whether you love them or not, I do. Uh, and I love the but I love the Old Testament. I look forward to it. And one of the reasons I love the Old Testament is because it's history. Uh, I love the fact that it's actual history. As you know, I've just been in Jerusalem for the uh, GAFCON conference. I'm going to talk about that a little later on. But uh, the amazing thing is, despite the passing of 2,000 years since the time of Jesus, 3,000 years since the events of the book we're looking at here, the book of Judges, uh, you can go and walk on places that Jesus walked and the places where uh, the events of the Bible happened, you can go to them and, and they're there. Uh, highlight for me of my time in Jerusalem uh, I got to walk through King Hezekiah's tunnel. Now, you might think, what on earth is King Hezekiah's tunnel? But uh, later on, go read 2 Kings chapter 20. Uh, and there's just this throwaway line in there about how getting ready for Jerusalem to be sieged in about 720 BC, this King Hezekiah dug a tunnel, a kilometre and a half long, so the water would come inside the city walls. And you can go there, and there is an archaeologist, everyone agrees this is it, this is that tunnel that they dug all those years ago. It was a bit unfortunate for the poor guy going through behind me because it was very narrow and very small and I'm a bigger fellow and he had a GoPro on. So he has about 30 minute, minutes of footage of my backside going through King Hezekiah's tunnel. But for me, it was a highlight. So uh, I apologise to him afterwards. Um, see, the thing is, that's why, one of the reasons I love the Old Testament because it's history uh, and it's, it, it's real events. But you've got to remember the Old Testament is not just bare history, it's the history, very specifically, of God working to save His people. Uh, that's what the story of the Old Testament is all about, God working to save a people for His very own. Uh, it's the history of God working towards the salvation of the whole world, uh, and the whole Old Testament points forward to Jesus, uh, and it all prepares us for the coming of Jesus. So as I say, every year I love every series we do, but this is the term... Uh, I particularly look forward to more than any other when we look at an Old Testament book. But the other thing I love uh, about the Old Testament is the way it presents the history of God's people, warts and all. You see, myths make perfect heroes, but history just records it with all the imperfections of all the people. Uh, and you see that in the Old Testament. This is real. Uh, so it's rough and it's actually embarrassing at points. You know, uh, and nowhere is that more the case than in this book of Judges, where you see just how flawed God's people were, and in particular the leaders of God's people were. So I think you're really going to enjoy this book of Judges. It's uh, full of cracking stories about men and women who God raised up to save His people. Already, uh, I was talking to some of the boys from Sunday school, and this is their favourite term of the year, because they're looking at Judges as well, because they did the story where the guy sinks the dagger into the really fat king and loses the knife. And they just thought that was spectacular. I don't know what the girls thought of it, but the boys loved it. Uh, but I think you're also going to struggle with the book of Judges. And I'll tell you why. Uh, it's because some of these people who God uses for good, who God uses to save His people, some of them are frankly awful. And they do awful things. So who is the most famous judge of them all? Who's the most famous one? Samson. I, I have a lot of empathy with uh, Samson at the moment. I think as I lose my hair, I'm losing my physical strength as well. But uh, Samson 
incredible, you know, great stories for Sunday school and that sort of thing. But when you read the story, he was frankly an awful, awful human being. He was just awful. He was ungodly. He was a, a fool. And yet God used him to save his people. So we're going to have to grapple with that in the book of Judges. How do we reconcile that? Uh, before we get into it, though, we need to remember the Old Testament is one great story. You must always remember that. Often when we go to Sunday school or that sort of thing, uh, or Scripture at school, we hear these great stories, but we don't put them all together. The Old Testament is one great story, and you can't understand one part of the Bible, and especially one part of the Old Testament, if you don't understand where it fits in to the whole. So where are we in the story? Open up the book of Judges now, get ready. Uh, but where does the book of Judges fit in? Well, it's at a moment in history where everything could be about to come true for Israel. All of God's promises could be about to be fulfilled, but they don't. So that's, that's sort of the summary of where you fit in the book of Judges. Uh, everything could be about to come true, but it doesn't. And basically, Judges is the story of why. So you've got to remember, where does it all start in the Old Testament? Well, it starts with creation where God creates the world, but then humanity sins, and we have the fall, and then God says, I'm going to do something about that, and he picks this man Abraham, and he makes great promises to Abraham. Now, don't let me down here, please, Aunt, this is one where you answer. God made three great promises to Abraham. What were the three promises to Abraham? He promised him... It sounds like you said all three at once there, but that's... Uh... <laughs> what was the first one? Land is one, so God said, I'm, I'm going to give you this incredible land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, this is going to be your possession, your place where you can uh, live as my people. Yep, that was one of the promises. What's the other ones? Offspring. Yes, that they'll be a great nation and they'll have as many descendants as the sand on the seashore or the stars in the night sky. And then the third one, blessing, that God would bless them, this great nation in the land, God would bless them. And more than that, through them, they would be a blessing to the whole world. So these were the promises, and the whole rest of the Old Testament, the whole rest of the Bible is about God fulfilling those promises through the descendants of Abraham. But then, fairly quickly, things didn't look good for the fulfillment of those promises because the people of God ended up in slavery in Egypt. And so they started to, they, they became numerous, they looked like they were going to be a great nation, but the idea that they were going to have the land and be, if you're in slavery, it's a fairly long bow to draw to say we're being blessed by God at this point. And so what did God do about it? Well, he sent Moses and through Moses, he saved his people out of slavery in Egypt. And this is the very sort of Reader's Digest condensed version after all sorts of things, which you can read about as you read your Old Testament, they get across the desert and they get to the edge of the promised land. And it looked like this was it. This is going to be the fulfillment of God's promises because here they are, numerous, about to take the land God had promised them and about to be blessed by God. But there was a problem. The problem was that Moses, their leader, because of his sin, was not allowed by God to enter the promised land. It's one of the great tragedies of the Bible. But then what God did was he raised up another great leader. The leader's name was Joshua. Well done, not as many people there. If you couldn't answer that question, you sign up for Intro to the Bible in a few weeks' time. And Joshua led them into the Promised Land. And so as the book of Judges starts, it's actually a really exciting time because they've gone in and under Joshua, things are happening. Success, they're actually defeating the, the nations that are there, they're driving them out 
God is giving them their possession in the promised land. Uh, but at this point, the job isn't finished because God has told them you need to remove all the Canaanites from the land and you need to take this land to be your possession. And so the question as we start the book of Judges is really simple. It's, is everything going to keep going well for God's people or is it all going to go pear-shaped? And with that in mind, with that question in mind, let's have our Bible readings now. We'll have our New Testament reading first, just as a one-off, and then our Old Testament reading. So come up and read for us, guys. And Natani will fix the microphone. 